1974, Bill Ravis borrowed $2,000 from a bank and launched William Ravis Real Estate in an office above a grocery store. Within 10 years, he established a mortgage company, an insurance company, an award-winning relocation business. Today, William Ravis is the number one independent family-owned real estate company in the Northeast and Florida, according to Real Trends. I got to sit down with Bill and his son, Ryan Ravis, and talk about the future of the company, which is going to celebrate its 50th year anniversary in 2024, what that looks like, how they built it, and the succession plan from Bill to his son, Chris and Ryan. And of course, we mentioned the show, HBO Succession. Enjoy the podcast. Five years ago, this, we were, we're here in Naples right now, T360, Stefan Swanepoel. If, you, if you've never uh, heard of one of his conferences, it's about 400 high-level CEOs and execs. And about five years ago, there was one in Miami at the Fountain Blue that I attended. And I met a guy named Alan Dalton. Oh, yeah. And uh, and he, he was the former CEO of Realtor.com Correct. for many years. I think he's working maybe at BHHS now for Gino, or maybe he's out of the... I'm not sure exactly what he's doing now, but five years ago, he found out that I was working for William Ravis. And he says, wow, do, do you know Bill personally? I said, yeah, I, I, know, I know Bill. He says, he, can, you, can you send him a little note? And he writes on a napkin or something. He wanted me to bring it to, to the Naples office uh, to tell you hello. But he said to me, he said, Bill Ravis, and I've met all the brokers across the country, is by far the smartest broker I've ever seen in you know, he's been around 40 plus years and he, you know, he named them all off. And I thought somebody that's been involved in the industry for that long for, you know, to, to give yeah, a compliment cool. like that. But from what I've seen, and I've met a lot of these execs, it's, he's exactly right. I mean, William Ravis is going to celebrate 50th year anniversary. And there's not many companies that can, can say that, mm -hmm. that they've seen the ups and the downs. And, and let's start Bill with, what do you think got, William Ravis to this position with all of the ups and downs, this being another one of those maybe down periods that every brokerage has to fight through. What's been unique to you and your brand to get through keep it? it going? Well, you know, just like anything else, you know, uh, the great athletes become greater by working harder. So the hardest working person usually in the room is the guy who's going to make it. Now, you got to have a passion for your business. You got to love your business, but you got to put the work in. So, when the downturns come, you don't run away from the downturns. You're, you lean into it, you really go for it. And that's when you make the advances is during the downturns. Everybody on the upturns are doing a great job, and everybody's rising with the upturn. It's the downturns is where you really want to advance. We had like eight of them in my 50 years, and we grew through eight recessions. And we're going to grow through this one too. We got some, as Ryan knows, we got some really pretty powerful things in the works there. And, you know, the vision was to have a family business uh, and to pass the baton to the next generation. And I'm fortunate my two sons, Ryan and Chris, are as good as it gets in the industry. We have a great management team. So we're here for, for maybe another 50 years. Okay. So, yeah, we're, we're, so the key is, Hiring the right people, having a passion and a vision for your business, and being an artist worker in the in the industry. Really, nobody outside of William Ravis and yeah. Howard Hanna has pulled off yeah. a succession. Yeah. We were joking yeah. about the yeah. HBO yeah. shows. Yeah. Did, uh, does 
Does Dad watch the HBO show? I'm not sure. No? What, Secession? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I mean, uh, <laughs> anyway, so they had, they've had their little, the, the children have now had their little situation that's interesting. I, I'm fortunate I have two sons that really like each other and work together. Yeah. And then you've actually yeah. pulled off the, you know, the succession, which most companies don't pull off. You know, most brokerages, I mean, there's really only the two independents that I just mentioned that, that are in that top echelon of brokerages. Uh, competing for market share. Why do you think it was so successful here with you and, and your brother Chris to be able to take over the company uh, where so many other brokerages have not been able to pull that off? You know, um, Become a better agent today. Everybody's telling you what to do. We actually show you how to do it in our BAMX community where we upload new courses from our internal BAM team every single month along with live streams and a private Facebook community where things are being posted nowhere else that you can find on the internet. We also have BAM creator courses and you get a massive discount off of those each and every single month. Hit the link below and join BAMX today. Become a better agent. So dad has joked in the past and he says, there's something in the stew that we have. <laughs> I think you talk about the culture of the company. It's I thought a, it was the Hungarian. It's a, well, it could be that too. It could be too. But, um, you know, your first question was about the down market and how you make a way yeah. through a down market. And I think our company has managed to build a resilience that is just based on something inside the culture of the company. People trust each other. People love that it's a family business. Um, people love that Bill is present, that Chris and Ryan are present and in the offices. Um and I've been around enough of these conventions as, as well to see the different leadership um, and how different companies are run. And it makes me think of a memory I had when I was 18 or 19 years old. Dad took me around. I was interning with a company, and we had just acquired another company whose culture wasn't like ours. And we had just made an announcement to the agents, their agents, that they were taking us over. And there's a bit of, you know, um, uh, the agents were angst. They were confused. But I watched my dad then, you know, we must have been, what, 50 or so? Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, maybe 20, 18, 19. Yeah. And he spent all day with each individual agent making sure that they know knew who he was because the company they were coming from was a much bigger company. They didn't have management in the field. And um, I remember the vision clear as day. You had a white shirt on. Your sleeves were rolled up. It was a hot summer day. And... Um, each agent got to know Bill personally that day. Um, and that was that's, that moment for me kind of stuck out about what our company was all about. It was making sure that we're in the field, we're caring for our agents, there is a trust. So when you do come across a market like this, there's more to, there's more to this company than, than just selling real estate. And um, it's culture. Yeah. What, one of the things too, when I said to both Chris and Ryan, I said, go out and have a job after college. Go get yourself another job and learn something in a, from another industry. And if you want to come back when you're 30 years old, when you're 30 years old, you want to come back, knock on the door. And so they both went out. I guess you work for? Work for Forrester. So I left. I worked for a, um, a management consultant in Boston. So you got your MBA. And the MBA, yeah. He got his MBA. You went to Forrester. And I said, well, knock on the door when you're 30 years old if you want to come back. Same thing with Chris. I wanted to see that they wanted to be part of the company 
as opposed to I placed them in the company. Absolutely. So the desire to come back, actually, you came back before you were 30. You came back when you were like 28. Yeah, when you recruited me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, we gave you the mortgage you company. gave me an interesting project. <laughs> yeah, we, need, we need you to mortgage company. I don't know the answer. Did you, when you went to, to school, when you went to college, did you think that you would come back? Or did you think, I'm going to go and do something else? It will, you know, 10 years before you were 28 when you did come back, when you th- what was going through your So keep in mind, I grew up, um, dad started the company in 73, 74, 74. So I was born in 78. So by the time I'm growing up, I'm seeing Wayne Ravis signs everywhere. The Little League um, is playing a competitor, and all my Little League friends are saying, we got to beat this guy Schlott because we're Ravis, and all my friends got by. So it was, it was embedded in me, the Ravis culture and the family business, and there's a sense of pride you get driving around town with your dad honking the horns at the listing signs. Um, <laughs> a lot of honks. But, but, no, I used to, and, yeah, and I used to honk the horns. <laughs> yeah, I used to hold the song. Every sign we went down, a raver sign. <laughs> must have made Fairfield sound like New York City. <laughs> and, oh, okay. But by the time I was in college, um, I did a couple internships with the company. Um, and uh, Mortgage after, company, right? I was a loan yeah. officer with the mortgage yeah. company directly out of college. Um, and then at the so yeah, it was a natural progression into the business. But by the time I was twenty-two or twenty-three, um, Dad did have um, uh, a rule: you have to leave the company. But I also think I was—I needed to see something outside of the family business in order to really appreciate what we have. So I, when I worked for a big public company um, mm. uh, for a couple of years, and by the time I came back, I had an opportunity to. Um, be more of a manager in our ancillary businesses and it was an excellent fit and an excellent opportunity and dad's kind of given me enough rope to to do things without but also having oversight during those times it's yeah great we, we have interesting dynamics here in a company i mean chris runs the sales side of the, the business four thousand five hundred agents rise responsible for headquarters and in, in the insurers and mortgage business in operations, basically. Uh, and my philosophy is not to overmanage them at all. They're smart. They're smart. And they'll figure out what they need to do. Every once in a while, I get to knock on the door, what do you think about this? Okay. And, you know, I look at basically the big picture cash flow, are we growing, that kind of stuff. And they're actually in the field doing their stuff. So I don't want to mess with them. I don't want to mess. I don't. Want, they're smart and they're good at what they do. So I don't want to be nitpicking. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? How come you not do it? I don't do that. <laughs> they look at the results. We all know we can look at each other and say, "Hmm, that's good, okay," or "That's that's so good." And so it's this dynamic that's there that knows that we got to push a little harder over here, or push. Like for instance, <clears throat> the mortgage business right now is not in a good shape. I mean, most mortgage companies are off 80, 90 percent. Yeah. And so uh, Ryan on his own has been doing what he needs to do to make this thing profitable. And he just shows up every once in a while. Here's what I did here. Here's what I did here. And I just let him have his rope and let him do what he has to do. And he's very good at it. So why mess with it? So the management style here is to give them respect and room to do what they have to do. They basically do the same thing with me. They don't tell me what to do either. They know I'm going to do what I want to do right <laughs> 
about right? It's a fruitless yeah. effort. Huh? <laughs> okay. And maybe the, the biggest project on your plate the last uh, handful of years has, has been the growth in, in South Florida, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you, you've yep. kind of led the charge there, yep. and it's it's been unprecedented yep. uh, to see how quickly. And, yep. and actually, I don't know, Bill, if you know this, Ryan had a another yard sign experience at the airport. Uh, he flew in a couple of days ago. He said yesterday... <laughs> He handed his driver's license to the. What happened? Uh, he handed his driver's license to TSA, or somebody coming in yeah. uh, to Naples Airport, and, and they said, "Do you know uh, w- William Ravens?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I get that all the time. I get that all the time. I had to. I had to double check where I was. I'm used to that. In the, yeah, no, in Northeast, get, yeah, Florida though. Yeah, uh, that, but the name has has grown so quickly and so powerfully here. You know, certainly in Naples and and then on the East Coast now as well. You know, next year's gonna be fifty years, and you still have a drive as if it was a startup, mm-hmm. and that's essentially what it was. What six years ago, five yeah, years ago in six. Florida, mm-hmm. uh, you know, now we're four and a half billion dollars, four and a half billion. It was it was truly a startup yeah. six years in. You're, yeah. You know, forty four years, forty five years into the business mm-hmm. when you did it. What gave you that drive and that edge to come down here and grow this to four and a half billion in six years and take market share and be the number one luxury brand yeah. in a place like Naples, Florida? Well, uh, so I came down here thinking that I'm sort of going to lay low, retire, not sort of ease into retirement. And this is, you know, I'm in, you know, my late 60s. And but you know, like a plumber, I want to go look at plumbing, so I go through the open houses. All right, <laughs> okay. So I start going through the open houses, and and we live in a section called Port Royal, and some of the houses there are very expensive. So I was looking at a house, and the agent there, she had a mini black skirt on, she had a baseball jersey on, and she had a card on her table, and there was a guy sitting in the uh, in, in the family room. He had his no. He had no shirt on, his bare chest, and he had a beer on the thing. I figured, well, maybe that's the owner. Yeah, and I asked it. her, she said, no, that's my boyfriend. He comes to the open houses all, all the time is, with me. this is Port Royal? Yeah. Look up Port Royal. <laughs> you'll, you'll be shocked about this. Yeah, $20 million house. Yeah. And I and I go to another one. Some guy's got some uh, shirt on with open with the chains around his neck, and he's got you know, flip-flops on, and he's doing an open house. I said, you got to be kidding. This is the kind of stuff I would compete with down here. So what so what it did was just got me very excited because up in the Northeast, as you know, it's a tough business in the North. They're very professional, but the agents are very good. So I figured, well, maybe there's the same opening here because we have a sort of a different culture brought, bring in, to bring down here, and maybe that will take off. Well, that's what happened. So we brought our culture from the Northeast down to Florida, South Florida, and then also to Southwest Florida, and it took hold. We have technology, we have the marketing, we have the coaching and mentoring. They did not have that down here. They've all adjusted now, okay, because they're going to compete with us. But when we came in there, we were basically a new shiny penny that everybody wanted to be with. So it's, it, plus we have great management, uh, Matt So So when they said to me they wanted to come to Florida, she came to me. Molly worked for me in the Westport office as a team agent, team leader. And she said, well, I'm going to be going to Florida. My kids are going to re- go into school, and I'm going to go re- go down to Florida. I want to be your general manager, she says to me. I says, fine, you got it. And so the combination of seeing 
the agent and then Molly telling me, okay, fine, when I come down, I said, we're going to hit it out of the park, which we did. Yeah. Oh, that's been unbelievable. And, <laughs> and bringing that down here, like you said, it, it's a, it is a different mentality. People don't understand. I was talking Thank to a you. web developer today in the conference in the hallway, and, and he's like, you know, one market, we they do custom websites. One market we've never been able to crack into is Greenwich, Connecticut. So it's, it's just not that kind of market. Yeah. It, it is a yeah. relationship market. It, you're not going to crack in on a on an internet lead to a place like Greenwich, Connecticut. And every market is, every local market's uniquely different on how you're going to be able to generate leads and do business and get referral partnerships and, and all these relationships. What today, and either of you can jump in, what today in the high-end luxury market is maybe the quickest path to getting market share, uh, if, if there's just an agent or a team that wants to kind of generate and pick okay, up so let me share. tell you how we do it. I'm going to give some secrets away. All right. <laughs> this is no, what we like. <laughs> hope, nobody, hope nobody uses it. Uh, so what we do, we go into a marketplace and we take a look at the average sale of the marketplace. And we take a look what the luxury place is. At. Give an example. Say the average sale is $500,000 and luxury is a million dollars. So we go look for the luxury brokers, agents. And basically, we have a whole tool set that we bring to them that they couldn't develop on their own. And we spend millions of dollars, whether it be in our marketing or whether it be in coaching and mentoring or whether it be in our technology. We've already became, have the operations ready for somebody who wants to sort of get it to another level. So, so we look for somebody who's in the luxury market first, Secondly, we want to see if they want to get to another spot. We're here to coach, mentor, and train, and then we plug in our services for them. It's it's been a winner. So so the average agent we don't at at for the luxury market we want average agents working for us too. I'm not saying no to it, but if we want to own the luxury marketplace, we look for the luxury brokers. In Port Royal, we have 60% market share. The average price is 20 million dollars, and we have all the great agents there. And so what happens, a lot of people think, well, if you have two or three great agents doing the same marketplace, they they don't like the competition, just the opposite. As the tide rises, all the boats rise too. So as you get better people within the marketplace working for you, you basically lift everybody's bread. So if the key is people. Yeah, is, so. What happens when you have market share is as one of those top performing agents, you're almost guaranteed a seat at the table when they're interviewed. Yes. Because in Port Royal, it would be insane not to interview one or two William Ravis brokers, right? If you're the seller, that yeah, would be so we, not a smart so, move. So we own that market. So what we try to do is own markets. And for give an example, just yesterday I was helping uh, one of our general managers in, in Massachusetts. We just hired a $100 million producer. And I'm talking to her personally. I mean, back and forth, you know, making a deal, this and that kind of stuff. So she's a high-end agent. So I said, okay, I'm jumping into this one, David. If you want, he calls me up. He said, can you help? I said, sure. So you want to, you want to make sure that you have all the right, we have the right tools. We have the right marketing. We have the right coaching. Now we have to get the right people. And then the other thing we do, too, you want to look, talk a little bit about our one-stop shopping ancillary businesses, too. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, you know, where this, where the business is going, it's all about services. Why does one broker join another? It's culture, it's brand, and it's services. So our whole goal as a company is to really take the friction out of the real estate process 
So you're buying a home. We try to we try to minimize the time it takes to get into that home. And if there's a million different things that could come up as a problem, and there's about two dozen different people involved in the real estate transaction. So we've streamlined this whole thing. So for example, right now, inventory is very tight and there may be a dozen, two dozen offers on a given property. Um, you have to be prepared to buy. And if you're an agent working with the buyer, you want to make sure that your buyer wins that bid. So what we do is we come up with different financial services programs. So we're actually giving our buyer clients the cash to put in a cash offer to buy that home. And then we do a mortgage for them later. Our sellers, if they need to get out of the house, we're giving them cash. We're guaranteeing the sale of their home. We're giving them the cash to move on and put an offer in on the next house while we sell their home to the to the open market. So we have a number of different financial services programs that are supported by, number one, just capital, and then number two, a mortgage company, an insurance company, and an attorney network that really wraps everything together. So we talk about high-end markets like Port Royal. We talk about markets where the average price is 15, where we're selling $20 million properties or $80 million properties. This is all about service. And that's what, we're, that's what we really need to hone in on and what we've done as a company. So when we do enter a market like Port Royal, we have it. Now it's just about the personal touch and supporting that person, the agent. See, what's happened is, just, I'm going to just, the business models have changed. Yeah. So, so you, what you have now, you have the, you know, the 100% plans that people have, and they got caps on their commissions. And then you have traditional brokerages, and you have somebody like us, which is a luxury brand that has financial services tied around with it. So this is our lane of competing, is a luxury brand that has financial services. Basically, we buy houses, we'll you know finance houses, we'll give you cash. That doesn't happen with some of the other brands that you know basically just cap agents around their own. I'm not saying anything wrong with it. Everybody has a chance to pick what they want to do, but our lane is different than everybody else's lane. This lane feels yeah. like the the Goldman Sachs of the industry. That's correct. Right. Yep. And so and you have led a lot of trends in the industry yeah. over over the years. Is this going to be ultimately, I think the trend that that really wins out over the next ten years is a lot of things swirling around the real estate industry. And um I believe that service is going to be what elevates the really good agents and separates you know those winners from from the ones that don't win, so to speak. And is it this approach, like, we're the Goldman Sachs, we're the, we're the advisors, the financial advisors of the market? Yeah, see, it, the margins in the re residential real estate business are getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And you can just see that. I mean, the public companies, you can see just for yourself that the margins are very thin for these public companies, and they don't have any other way to make money. And it's very, very difficult. Now, what do you do? Okay. Uh, so when you have ancillary services and you have other things to offer where your margins are good, I mean, in the insurance business, the margins are very, very good. Mortgage right now is off because of the because of the interest rate, but it'll come back great. There are going to be a reckoning, a day of reckoning coming into the real estate business at some point. And it may be this year, it may be the uh, beginning of next year because the margins are very, very thin. So you've got to come up with something for yourself to to either increase your margins or offer a product that nobody else is offering. Yeah. So therefore, you can get more 
So, so your margins are a little bit better by offering the product that nobody else is offering. Uh, it is a really interesting time to be in the business. I mean, the, the, everybody's got their different lanes, and, and I sort of, we're going to be okay. We're going to be fine. Uh, as the question comes out, what kind of market share do we grab? We're not, we're not going to look for the market. We're not grabbing market share in the three, two to three hundred thousand dollars. That's just not us. And not to say we don't take it. We're looking for the ten to twenty million. Yeah. And it's sort of like Willie Sutton. You know, why do you rob banks? Well, that's where the money is. Well, that's the what. <laughs> that's the, why do you want to be at the high end? Well, that's where the money is. You know. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I might get the question every week. Uh, certainly, I get it a couple times a month. You know, why William Ravis over one of these other right. you know, brands that, yeah. that is competing against um, you know splits or, or revenue models and, and all this? And I tell people all the time, do you want to be out on your own or do you want to have a true partner right. that's built out some of these this infrastructure, some of these services, and can actually be alongside with you that have seen things? Because I agree with you in the next couple of years, uh, and certainly if you're listening to this pod and you're maybe you're just getting into the industry and you're thinking about, you know, what's the right model for me, it's one that has been through, you know, some stuff and also can see into the future and is going to partner with you to allow you to be that mm -hmm. Goldman Sachs expert in whatever marketplace you're in and at whatever price point, because it is reflective of, you know, a median sales all the way up to, to luxury when you have these kind of services and infrastructure behind you. It's so important because I think agents are always, and it's a big mistake that new agents make. It's why there's an 87% failure rate. They're thinking about the next six months, how do I make money? How do I make money? And they're not thinking necessarily long-term, 10, 20 years uh, with, with a career in mind. So uh, let's wrap this up because I know what, we're going to check out the Chipotle message, you know, Chipotle CEO here, here in just a couple of minutes. What's one thing the rest of 2023 2024 is obviously the 50 year anniversary mm -hmm. for William Ravis. We're going to do a, another pod uh, for, to celebrate that. But what's one thing you want to leave agents and team leaders specifically uh, with for the rest of 2023? My, my theme right now is, I mean, we're sitting here in May. May is when you make the hay. I would attack quarter two with a vengeance because to me, quarter four looks uh, maybe similar to last quarter four, it could, it could be, uh, you know, not as great of an opportunity as quarter two, quarter three. What do you want to leave in the minds of agents and team leaders to finish out 23? We'll start with Ryan and then. Yeah. And then. Um, now is the time to lean in. Keep an optimistic energy about you and the people around you and surround yourself with good people because there will be people that get frustrated with this market. There'll be others that are watching the media and watching the negative news. Mm -hmm. And you have to ignore that and keep your lane clear and a positive energy moving forward. And that's where the winners are going to come from. Yeah. So getting yourself off the mat every day and, and being the force of good for the community. There's an opportunity out there. In this down market, there's a huge, huge opportunity. You just have to enter each day with the right mindset to go get it. And, and it's our philosophy hasn't changed in 50 years. Uh, we invented the idea of agents a customer. You know, I, I was looking, me, a phone at a desk above a grocery store, looking out, looking at, now, how am I going to make money here? I said, well, hmm, if I hire an agent, they make money, then I make money. So why don't I make sure that they can make a lot of money so therefore I can make a lot of money? So the agent, the customer, building their infrastructure, are, we actually 
love our agents really in terms of a business, our business family. And so our job is to help mentor coach them to be better than they, than they would be if they were off by themselves. We give them the opportunity to be themselves, let them brand themselves, but our job is to help them. And so we come up with lots of things, contests, coaching, mentoring. We have Tom Ferry show up, tell how you build listings. So we're always plugging them in uh, into our channel of growing. So, so what we want them to do is grow in 2023. Our job is to help them grow in various ways, whether it be listing contests, whether it be coaching, mentoring, whether it be a, a new products. So, so growth is really the answer for us in 2023. And our job is to help grow. Give an example. I mean, we I just hired that hundred million dollar agent in, in in Massachusetts, and I gave her my cell phone. I said, "Call me." And he, she said, "I may lose a listing." Well, call tell the owners you got, you know, who you may lose a listing to that you got Bill Ravens on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, "Okay, I'll do that." Our job is to help our agents build their business. If you just listen to what Bill left you with. I, this is a this is a true deal junkie. All right. I mean, it's not You're just right. it's not just about going and starting a new market. It's all the way down to hey, how do I help this agent get a listing uh, who we've just saw, you know brought into into the organization? And that's the kind of mindset that's going to win this year. Yeah. It's are you a deal junkie on your own business? Whether you're a solo agent, team leader, whatever. Are you going out there every single day and looking for a new deal, a new relationship, a new opportunity? Nobody's done it better than Bill Ravis. Uh, we can all learn a lot. I'm I'm trying to be as much of a deal junkie. <laughs> you are. If I could do a fraction of what you're good at it, though, you're good at it. So I can't wait. I hope you enjoyed the pod. Let us know in the comments what you thought of this, and we're gonna do another one next year. We'll have Chris next yes, year. He's yes, not, we he's, will. he's down in or he's up in uh, the north northeast, keeping it operating for, for Ryan, but we're going to do one uh, with Chris, Ryan, and Bill celebrating 50 years next year. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. We'll see you guys soon.